Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the ET Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Evan Thomas. Today, we're talking about the Lions and Packers. Lions fumble Thanksgiving Day game again. Um, This one is a game they should have won, and they couldn't do it. So (laughs) we'll be talking about that, what happened there. Additionally, the MSU-Penn State game capped off the Michigan State regular season. They will not be advancing to the postseason. So that's it for Spartan football. We'll be talking about the Penn State game. Additionally, we're going to go over an MSU kind of season in review, kind of talk about how the season went all together, um, how we did pick-wise, that kind of stuff. Um, And then additionally, uh, Jonathan Smith... Uh, the former head coach for Oregon State University is now going to lead the MSU football program into the indefinite future. Uh, I think he signed a nine, eight or nine, maybe anywhere from seven to ten year contract. I didn't read the contract details, but I know it's in there um, for about seven point. It was like seven point two five or seven point three four million dollars a year, something like that, um, plus incentives here and there. And then lastly. Um, we have the picks, so we're kind of reorganizing the podcast today. So we're going to do the games, news, sports news, um, then the picks going to be coming in at the end, and then finally, uh, so we're going to be picking the Lions versus Saints game, and we're going to be picking the Big Ten Championship game for um, NCAA football, and then finally, we're going to be talking about the podcast wrapped. It's that time of year where podcast wrapped is out, so we're going to be talking about what uh what the uh, information says about our lovely little show here and um just you know some words about uh the success of the show so far since the relaunch and that kind of thing so with that said let's get on into this episode of the podcast all right let's get into it uh lines versus packers uh, final score 29 to 22. Lions dropped the ball. They played bad. Let me tell you. Um, we'll get there. So, first thing we do, let's jump over the scoring sum- summary. How did it go? First, a Jalen Reed 10 yard touchdown pass from Jordan Love uh, to put Green Bay up 7 to 0. Sam Laporta catches a touchdown pass from Jared Goff, but the but the kick, extra point kick, was missed. So Lions down one seven to six. Uh, this is all first quarter, by the way. Uh, and then uh, Tucker Craft nine yard touchdown pass reception, and Jonathan Owens uh, twenty seven yard fumble return for a touchdown. So two Green Bay touchdowns. To put them up 20 to 6 at the end of the first quarter. Um, That fumble by Jared Goff. So, first of three fumbles on the day for him. Um, Just, he played a just abysmal game. And when your quarterback plays bad, it's really hard to win football games. He kept turning the ball over. And when they did have the ball, they couldn't do anything with it. Second quarter, all we had was uh, Anderson, Anders Carlson. Anders Carlson, 43-yard field goal to put Green Bay up 23-6. Lions get a touchdown in the third quarter. 
by David Montgomery to kind of start to bring it back a little bit. But um, Christian Watson with a 16-yard touchdown pass puts Green Bay up 29-14. to um, We did make, so the Lions did have a two-point conversion after the third quarter touchdown to bring it back uh, up to 14. In the fourth quarter, Josh Reynolds with a 12-yard touchdown pass reception, um, two-point conversion as well. That was successful um, to bring the score back up a little bit for Detroit. So it was 29-22. Uh, Lions never got the ball back in time to score more points. So unfortunately, uh, they just couldn't couldn't put enough uh, points on the board to win this one with all the turnovers and the just bad decision-making coach-wise, the bad play calling. It just didn't. Uh, nothing was going well. Um, for the Lions. And quite honestly, people keep blaming the defense. People keep blaming the defense. But the turnover battle is so important. Um, I don't know if it's the defense fault so much these games. I mean, you, you can point a couple of figures. You know, like the Chargers game was really bad for defense. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it's only the defense's fault here uh, for this kind of stuff. Uh, let's talk about the, the game leaders, though. So uh, for passing leaders, we have Jordan Love for Green Bay, uh, 22 for 32, 268 yards with three touchdowns. A.J. Dillon, the rushing leader for the Packers, 14 carries for 43 yards. And Christian Watson had an amazing game, 15, five receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Um, over on the Lions side, Jared Goff, passing leader, 29 for 44, uh, 332 yards, two touchdowns. David Montgomery had a pretty good game, 15 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. And Amon Ross St. Brown, 10, 9 receptions, sorry, 9 receptions for 95 yards. Over on the defense side for the Lions, no sacks recorded, no interceptions recorded, just not doing too good over there. Um, no pressure. Um, you know, Jordan Love had all the time in the world. Um, a defensive line not playing the way they should be playing. They should be a better defensive line, and they just aren't. Let's talk about the team stats altogether. Uh, for Green Bay, uh, 377 total yards, 268 passing, 109 rushing. So, again, um, so we look at these benchmarks, right? They got the 250 passing easy Almost got that um, uh, 150 rushing, about you know a little, little short of that, but um, they still had a really good game. Seven yards per play on average for the Lions. Uh, Lions actually had more total yards at 464, more passing yards at 324, more rushing yards at 140, but the yards per play um, was actually less, so still uh, 5.9, so still good. Still really good, um, but it wasn't enough to pull it in. And these stats are going to be even more insane as we go over the um, deeper team stats. Okay, Green Bay, 17 first downs, 5 for 11 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth down. 54 plays, 4 punts, no sacks, 7 penalties totaling 60 yards, no fumbles, no interceptions, time of possession, 28-04. Okay. Lions, on the other hand, more first downs in 25, arguably about the same on third down. They were 7 for 15, pretty close to 5 for 11, similar. 
On fourth down, though, Lions one for five. Five attempts on fourth down. Only got one of those. Total play 78. Three sacks allowed. Only two punts. So Green Bay, for some reason, got pressure on this offensive line. Insane. Uh, penalties, seven penalties, totaling 51 yards. Three fumbles lost, all by Jared Goff. No interceptions, fortunately, this time. Uh, time of possession, 31-56. If you look at the stats, with the exception of the turnover game and the sacks allowed, Lions should win this. And they do if they don't keep turning the ball over. But there's been a huge issue these last couple weeks of turning the ball over um, multiple times a game, which just doesn't work. You know, you're not going to win football games turning the ball over. Um, it wasn't pretty. Um, you know, the whole time uh, I was thinking about, oh, you know, this is going to be, this is the game. This is it's Thanksgiving. We're finally going to have a happy Thanksgiving. You know, last year we lost to the Bills. Um, I think they ended up going to um, AFC Championship game or close to it last year. So the Bills were a good team last year. Um, so, you know, I'm not too worried. Uh, okay, you lose to the Bills, fair enough. Like, they're a really good team. But, I mean, losing to Green Bay, I mean, they are not even don't even have a winning record. The Green Bay's 5-6 and six now. So they were 4-6 um, and six going into the game. Now they're 5-6 and six with the win over the Lions. Um, and of course, Lions were eight and two going in. Now eight and three. And it's just embarrassing, man. I mean, this offense um, just gave the ball away instead of scoring, and that's what happens. You know, you lose, um, you lose football games that way. So, <laughs> enough said about that one. Basically, um, it was disappointing, um, both not only because of the way they lost. But how they lost, they lost on national television, they lost on Thanksgiving, something that the Lions have been trying to do for so long. Um, I'm sure everybody's seen it, um, that uh, when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase, um, the Lions can't win on Thanksgiving. And I just think that's the most random you know, statistic ever. But it's true. I think they're 0 for 13 or maybe over 14 now. I forget what the stat technically is. But, um, you know, 0 for that many uh on thanksgiving it's just since since the afc um nf nfl afl merger um so basically since the super bowl era <laughs> uh, they have not been able to win on thanksgiving when the moon is in waxing gibbous which is just so so wild um moving on so we're doing things a little different here on the show we're combining the game reviews together in this segment so now we're going to talk about Friday's game, um, the number 10 on uh, Penn State Nittany Lions and MSU. How'd it go? Went terrible. Um, I don't even think we're going to read the stat line because MSU didn't score. Um, Penn State field goal. Let's just do this. Penn State field goal, field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. 42 to 0. Penn State wins. <laughs> um, it's it's bad. Um, let's go over. Uh, let's talk about the leaders. Who who we got? Um, Drew Aller, quarterback for Penn State, seventeen for twenty six, two hundred ninety two yards, two touchdowns. Creighton Allen, fifteen carries, one hundred and thirty seven yards, 
for Penn State. And Nick Singleton, two receptions, 68 yards for the reception leader for Penn State. Uh, over on the MSU side, Caten Hauser, 11 for 19, 87 yards, one interception. Um, almost two. That was almost um, a touchdown drive. Uh, they had a lot, a lot of good momentum going. And unfortunately, that uh, little miscommunication interception there to stall the drive basically killed momentum for the Spartans for the whole game. Uh, Nathan Carter, eight carries for 39 yards. Uh, Monterey Foster Jr., two receptions, 35 yards. On the player stats uh, for defense, did anything notable happen on defense? One sack by Jordan Hall. That's all I'm seeing. <laughs> Um, first party. Uh, yeah, these, <laughs> these team stats are kind of embarrassing. Um, okay, let's talk about it. Uh, Penn State, 586 total yards, 303 passing, 283 rushing, 8.7 yards per play. For MSU, 53 total yards, 88 passing, negative 35 rushing yards. Negative 35. Um, yards per play on average of 1.1. <laughs> um, first downs for the Nittany Lions, 23 first downs, 4 of 11 on third down, 1 for 1 on fourth down. 67 total plays, 3 punts, 4 penalties totaling 30 yards. No fumbles lost, no interceptions. Held the ball for 35 minutes, 50 seconds. MSU, 5 first downs the whole game. 2 for 13 on third down, no fourth down attempts. 47 total plays, 10 total punts, 6 penalties totaling 30 yards, just the one interception, so good ball security relatively, and time of possession, 24 minutes, 10 seconds. This was a neutral site, so a neutral game played at Ford Field in Detroit. It was kind of exciting. I had tickets to go, but I decided not to simply because I went to the um, Nebraska game, and MSU won in the Nebraska game. So I wanted my last game this season to be a winning winning game, um, and I was excited for that. Um, so I decided I'm not going to go to the Penn State game because I know they were going to lose. I mean, we picked them to lose, um, and they did. <laughs> they got destroyed. Um, so if we want to talk about uh, the picks there, so for um, Thanksgiving, I had uh, Lions 27-20 over the Packers. Of course, we talked about it. Um, Packers won 29-22, so that's a loss. So it goes in the L column. You know, uh, I was looking forward to this weekend being a weekend where we can get uh, that streak back. Uh, we had an we had an eight correct, which is a whole month. Um, October picktober, we're calling it. Um, I got every single game call right in October as far as the winners. And uh, it didn't work out uh, here on Thanksgiving uh, when the Lions fumbled it. So <laughs> uh, that was a loss. That drops my um, pick ratio down uh, to 76.9%. Um, however, I did pick the Nittany Lions to beat MSU. Um, I picked uh, Nittany Lions 17-36, uh, and it ended up being 0-42. to That is still technically a win. They're not a perfect pick. Um, so that means uh, my picks are up. 21 with one perfect and six incorrect. I moved to 77.7% and the streak has restarted. And then later in the weekend, um, I also picked the Wolverines versus Buckeyes game because it's a CBS CBF classic. We'll not be going over the stats for that game, but we will be talking about the score. 
So I picked Wolverines to win at 38 to 34. They ended up pulling it out 30 to 24. So that's another win in the win column. That's 22 wins, one perfect to six losses. It advances my streak to two with a picking percentage um, of 78.5%. Um, yeah, so, hey, you know. Uh, but So these games, though, I will say... Um, Two losses this weekend. Not too excited about it uh, for our teams. And, of course, we're going to next week. We're just down to reviewing the Lions games because the MSU season is officially over. However, we're going to be picking some really awesome uh, college football games as we move into the postseason. So stay tuned for that. We're going to try and get, uh, see if we can get that streak back, keep those, um, those, those winning uh, picks going. Uh, and we'll have more information on that um, as the year progresses and as those bowl games start to get uh, rolled out. Okay, um, we're going to head and jump in on to the next segment where we talk about just the MSU season in general, how it went, um, and my final thoughts on that. All right, so it's time for a year in review <laughs> MSU football. Um, so at the very beginning, uh, before the season started, uh, I went through and I took picks. Um, just general, you know, what would happen? I said the very best this team could do is go 11-1. and one. The very worst this team would do is go 5-7. and seven. Uh, One thing I did not see coming is um, a suspended coach and a lot of transfers. And the team went 4-8. and eight. <laughs> So um, despite uh, my predictions... It did not work out very well. Um, let's kind of go over uh, what happened and what we saw. Um, MSU opened the year by getting a dominant win over Central Michigan with a uh, 31 to seven. Uh, if we can, we're gonna go back and walk through the game picks as well. I had that one locked, um, tw- uh, 24 to 14. So that was a successful uh, pick. At the time, uh, my that was my third pick. Correct. I advanced to three and one, but because it was before five, I have I wasn't keeping track of uh, percentage at that point in time. Um, moving on, uh, MSU then got another dominant win the following week over Richmond uh, with a score of 45 to 14. Things looked pretty good for Sparty at the time. Um, you know, they won the effectively college preseason games where you play on the much smaller schools. Um, and things looked good. I think that week also um, Noah Kim, who was the quarterback at the time, got the Big Ten Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. Then they they then turned around and um, played the now number three Washington, where they lost forty-one to seven. Um, and before that game, um, Coach Tucker was suspended uh, officially by the university, and so uh, not only did the team lose their coach, they played the first-ranked team of the year and got absolutely bodied. Um, I think we picked MSU to lose that one. We picked them to beat the Spiders, which was correct. And we picked them to lose to the Huskies, which also was correct. After that, MSU went ahead and um, 
played Maryland at home. I remember going to this game um, and was really disappointed uh, in how it felt like they were so close that making this a competitive game. They ended up losing 31-9. to um, Let's see here. I had the I had them losing, so I got that pick correct as right as well. I had that pick correct, but um, thirty-one to nine was not what I expected, um, and that really came down to dropped balls. I mean, there were a lot of, of really important passes that were just not made, um, which which forced MSU uh, to lose that one in a really really hearty fashion. Um, they would then go on to um, play Iowa who is now ranked number 18, which is kind of embarrassing. I actually don't think they deserve to be ranked at all, <laughs> um, honestly, if you ask me. But, hey, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the guys who make the rules on that. So uh, they almost beat Iowa, but um, choked effectively in the fourth quarter um, to let Iowa win it 26-16. to 16. Uh, they, then, they then played Rutgers, very similar situation. Uh, that game was handled the whole time before MSU fumbled it at the end. I also picked um, MSU to lose both of those games as well. Uh, they then hosted U of M on the 21st of October where they lost um, in terrible fashion the number two uh, Michigan, beat them 49 to zero. I also picked them to lose that game. Uh, additionally, I picked them to lose to Minnesota um, when they did. 27 to 12. Again, that was a game that um, you know could have been had. Could a couple things went better for them? Um, they finally got it right against Nebraska at home, which is a game that I saw. Where they ended up winning 20 to 17. I did have Nebraska to win that one, so I got that one incorrect. Um, they went on to play Ohio State after that, where they lost uh, 38 to 3. The now number six Ohio State. And um, I had them to lose that game, so I was correct there. And then, of course, we had closing in um, near the end of the season there. Um, I called it, uh, if they could beat Nebraska, they will beat Indiana. They did beat Nebraska, so they will beat Indiana. I picked them to win 24-21, to and that is exactly what happened. Um, so that marked our first perfect prediction as a show, which those will come rare, uh, but they will come sometime. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, first one of the season and first one of my career as a game picker <laughs> um, on the show officially. Uh, before then, I, I mean, I used to pick games sometimes, but I would never like keep track of it or anything. So I have no idea if I ever had done a perfect one before. But as far as the show is concerned, that was my first pick uh, uh, perfect score prediction. And then, of course, I had MSU to lose to Penn State, and they did so uh, in glorious fashion, as we talked about <laughs> earlier this year. Um, I mean, there's nothing really um, else I can say other than this was a disappointing year. This was a year of struggle, um, of kind of uncertainty for MSU. It kind of was going to be uncertain the whole time. We didn't know if we had a absolutely baller squad or if we had a bunch of nobodies. And it kind of looked like we had a mix. So we had some guys who just couldn't perform and weren't ready. Um, we had pieces here and there um, who had uh, flashes and moments of, um, you know, success. But it wasn't enough to really lock in some of these uh, must-wins. If we go back and regrade the games um, that MSU won. So officially they went 4-8. and eight. But 
watching them um, and um, really experiencing those games. Um, if we go through and look at all the ones that they could have won, should they just got a few things, a few of those details right, um, they would have won the two against Central and Richmond that they did get. They could have beat Maryland, in my opinion, though the score was very lopsided. That's one of the ones, if you were there and you watched that game on tape again, um, if MSU cleans up their mistakes, they might actually pull out that win. So we're going to go in and um, give them like a regrade, I guess you could say. So that would be um, a third win right there to one loss at the time. They're going to lose to Washington no matter what. Um, they could have stolen a win against Iowa. Um, that was a very close one. They could have stolen one against Rutgers. They could have stolen one. Uh, they did know they're going to lose to Michigan almost no matter what. So I have them at five and two. Um, they could have they could have beat Minnesota, um, but I'm going to go ahead and keep Minnesota a loss, uh, honestly, because not enough went right uh, to steal that one. They did win against Nebraska. They were not going to win against Ohio State. Um, they did win against Indiana. And they lost against Penn State. So, what does that say? Um, that leaves, should things have gone right for them, uh, if they had a little bit of more luck, clean things up a little bit better, I think that this team, this same squad, could have gone 7-6, uh, and six, potentially 8-5, and five, but probably not. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what happened. <laughs> um, wait, that didn't even that didn't even make sense. Hold on. Um, Three went seven and five, right? Seven and five losses in one, two, three, four, five losses. Yeah, five losses on the regrade, um, seven wins on the regrade. So um, this this team could have gone seven and five uh, if they cleaned some things up, but they uh, were only four and eight because they couldn't get that stuff done. There's a lot of turmoil, a lot of issues. But apparently, we have our answer. Um, MSU hires Jonathan Smith, a former head coach of the Oregon State Beavers, to take over. Um, the head coaching job at MSU, and I I like this pick a lot. I mean, um, I was one of those. I didn't. Jonathan Smith wasn't on my radar as a guy who uh, we were going to pick up, but uh, learning more about him, learning more about the situation that both they were in, learning about his career as a rebuilding coach, um, like the guy who showed up um, and took. You know, Oregon State from a winless team, literally a winless team, to a ranked team in six years. Um, I mean, we MSU is in a much better spot than um, than Oregon State was when he took over that program. So I feel like uh, the potential here is very, very good um, for MSU to have a two or three season turnaround. Um, and I mean, two or three seasons until like we definitely turn around, like back to that eleven and two or. Um, eleven and three, whatever, whatever that record was, eleven and one. Um, I guess it was like yeah, it was only twelve games. Um, eleven and one, ten and two season is is 
right around the corner. I mean, um, I feel like within the next couple of years, should Jonathan, Jonathan Smith have everything at his disposal, which I think he will, by the way, um, I think this university is determined to give him every single resource possible um, to turn this program around. And um, I believe in him um, just from the resume that he's got as a head coach. Now, there are some some questions. You know, Will he get the assistant coaches that he wants? Um, you know, will he get the players that he wants? Because he has to rebuild the trust of not only um, new people that want to come into the university, but he has to try and retain some players. So, you know, there's some familiarity um, uh, around here. He also has no um, real recruiting power in the Midwest, which is kind of important if you're um, in the Big Ten to have um, recruiting power in the local area. Though the new Big Ten uh, is going to look very different. Um with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington joining, um, these schools are going to really change um, the landscape for Big Ten football. And I think, um, you know, Jonathan Smith, one of the few guys who actually could um, create enough excitement around MSU football to keep uh, to keep players, uh, bring them back, bring them in. Uh, and to turn this program around. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm ready. Um, apparently his philosophy is very similar to how the Lions have been uh, rebuilding their brand. Um, so I'm interested in that. He's not quite, he's not a Coach Campbell or anything. He's not like, uh, um, you know, the same kind of like meathead personality, uh, if you want to call it that. But I've heard some really good things. Um, about his coaching style, about his offense style. Um, he was an offense, offensive-oriented uh, player back when he played. I think he played quarterback back when he played um, college football. So, you know, he's very um, offense-heavy, which I think is necessary these days. Um, and he also had a pretty decent defense the last couple of years. So, hey, man, I'm excited to see it. Um, though the, the defensive coordinator is not coming with him, the defensive coordinator um, that he worked with his last couple of years is staying at Oregon State to be the head coach. I did hear that news. Um, so he's going to have to find somebody. I would recommend getting somebody who's kind of local, who's in the area, who knows um, Big Ten football to be the defensive coordinator. Um, I definitely do not want the same guy that Tuck had, <laughs> um, but I want somebody. So you know, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens here uh, at MSU with this new hire. Um, and really, it's a waiting game. Um, and people want to say, well, how many years will the turnaround be? Um, I want to I want to give him like two seasons, and the third one has to be it. You know, the third one has to be the turnaround season. So um, maybe the maybe the fourth one, but I really feel like the third one should be. Um, that's just me. Um, and you're going to need to do it quick because with the new Big Ten the way it is, I mean, you're going to need that recruiting power as fast as possible. Um, the Big Ten and the SEC are the big dogs in town. That's just going to be the way it's, it is uh, moving forward in college football. Additionally, we have the new um, college football playoff that's going to be featured next year. So not this season, but next season. I think the 12-team playoff is showing up. Uh, my opinions about that. Uh, maybe they'll have more of them um, in the off season. But I'm I'm kind of for it, you know. Um, I didn't like the college football playoff being only four teams. Um, I felt like it probably should have been six teams. 
um, because there's like the Super 6 Bowls. So I feel like that could have been that. And then the playoff, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. I didn't really like the four, the four uh, doing it. Another thing is I don't like that um, the bowl games are included in the playoff. I've never liked that. I don't think I ever will. Uh, meaning that like, oh, like, like we have the sugar bowl and the cotton bowl and the citrus bowl. And these are playoff games. I don't like that. I feel like you can make the playoff or you make a bowl game and it's one of the two. Um, now, if you have the 12-team the twelve team playoff, that's a little bit different. I get it. But, you know, I, I think it's weird if, like, one team is getting, like, three bowl titles and maybe a national championship in one year. That just kind of seems weird to me. I never liked that. Um, the bowl titles uh, exist there for a reason. Um, I think that these that that should be between two like conferences should play each other for a bowl just like the old days and the college football playoff should be separate for the best teams um, to play in the a chance for the national championship should be separate than a bowl game. Um, that's just me. I don't know. Um, I can organize my thoughts a little bit more about that if you want to hear uh, more in depth about that kind of thing in the future. Um, I mean, I can also drop opinions on NIL or um, the transfer portal, or recruiting, or whatever you want later. <laughs> um, it just kind of depends on what the fans are hungry for, sports-wise. Um, of course, I can give opinions on that, but um, now it's not the time. Um, now is the time to uh, look in the, in the past for MSU football to say, like, I hope the dark days um, are, are fading, <laughs> and we're going to have some real success going forward here in the next couple years. And sure, not every year is going to be, you know, great. Um, but, you know, I want a winning season every year, m- bare minimum. I want to make a postseason um, every year. That's basically a winning season, basically gets you a bowl game these days. So I want a bowl game every year. Um, I want to be in the playoff every couple years, maybe like every two, every three years. I want to be a playoff team. Um, that's what I expect for MSU, honestly. They should be ranked at the end of every season. Sorry, there's no <laughs> there's no, uh, no way around that. We, we are a top 25 program in every single statistic except for like wins right now um like in terms of like uh, merch sales um ticket sales um stuff like that uh uh national hype or what i don't know i don't know how any of that stuff is like um but i heard that you know like msu's top in a lot of stuff top 10 top 15 top 20 and um we deserve a top 20 football team if we're gonna have top 20 fan base you know what i mean so um that's, that's the things that I'm looking for, um, and hopefully the dark days are behind us, and Jonathan, Jonathan Smith comes in here um, as a respectable, high-character coach and turns this program into a respectable, high-character program, which is you know something I'd really like to see. Um, go out there and just and just, and just win games in, in really solid fashion. Um, yeah, and don't take anything for granted. That's what I like to see. Um, but yeah, so let's jump over to the picks for this week. Um, and then we're going to wrap up the show with the wrapped, uh, by Spotify. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, the picks are in, um, let's see what we got. So for this weekend, we had, um, Lions versus Packers. We had Lions 20, 27, 20 Packers one 22, 29. So final score is 22-29 Packers. That's a loss. 
um, that moves us to 20, uh, 20 wins, one perfect with six losses to 76.9% um, picking accuracy. I then had um, Spartans versus Nittany Lions for the Week 13 Land Grant Trophy. Um, I picked Spartans to or Nittany Lions to win 17 to 36, or 30. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Spartans to lose 17 to 36. Um, uh, Spartans lost zero to 42. Uh, that's a correct pick, so it's a win in the in my column. Uh, 21 wins, one perfect with six losses. That restarts the streak at one and makes the um, our our season percentage uh, 77.7% correct. I then picked um, the Week 13 College Football Classic, Wolverines versus Buckeyes. I picked Wolverines to win 38-34. Wolverines won 30-24. That's another win. That's 22 wins, one perfect with six losses on the season, picking at 78.5% accuracy and a streak of two. So going into this weekend, what am I seeing? We have the Wolverines and the Hawkeyes for the 2023 Big Ten Championship game. I got Wolverines 38-17 to over the Hawkeyes. That will be played. That game will be played on Saturday. Additionally, on Sunday, we have the Lions heading down to the Superdome for the New Orleans Saints. I have the Lions to win 26-20 over the Saints. We'll see how that goes. Really exciting stuff. Um, again, right now I'm picking at 78.5% accuracy with a uh, correct pick streak of two in a row. Um, yeah, we'll take a look uh, to see if we can continue that streak going. Um, hopefully you can get a perfect one. I think if there is going to be a perfect pick, it's going to be probably the Wolverines game. Um, so the Iowa game over the Lions game. But hey, um, we're here for a perfect pick. I'm really excited to see what can happen down the stretch. Um, yeah, um, those are the picks uh, for this weekend. Um, if you use any more games that you're interested in, um, you know, me picking any more teams you want me to pick for, go ahead and let me know. Either reaching out on social media, or you can send a voice um, recording to um, me through podcast or Spotify for podcasters which is an app that uh, I run the podcast through, you can go ahead and send me a voice message uh, through there. I can put it in the show, and I can start picking that team. Um, you know, if you want me to pick uh, U of M games or whatever, like I can pick these games. It's not an issue to me. Um, you know, I'll just I'll use the exact same systems I've been using that I've gotten me uh, almost 80%, 78.5% correct, and we're just going to keep on rolling. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, for the segment next, we have the um, wrapped for podcasters kind of year wrap up update. Um, how the show has been doing since the rebrand um, in the last six months. All right, here we go. We're gonna walk through the uh, Spotify wrapped um, to kind of see uh, what happened here on the show. First statistic. Let's see. Uh, So the top episode of the year was a uh, episode from before the rebrand. It was the ET Speaks uh, Skyrim Anniversary Edition, the new content discussion. Um, I, I do kind of want to talk about games more, um, new games, game formation, stuff like that. Um, so apparently that's been popular. That's the stuff that people are listening to. So maybe I should get back into this. You know, uh, We'll see if I can get some more news about that kind of thing. 
That episode specifically was streamed 190% more than the average episode of this year. Uh, that's a giant number. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely be um, trying to incorporate more of that kind of thing. Uh, maybe I can do, like, Bethesda news or something like that um, to see if we can have Elder Scrolls 6 news, something like that. Other nice statistic we have here is 78% of current listeners uh, discovered the show in 2023, which is actually really exciting. Um, um, I'm sure that has to do a lot with uh, that episode uh, about uh, football. Yep, that has... Um, it's one of the higher played ones uh, from this year. Actually, that, that episode, I mean, it's two years old. Um, but this year, people have uh, really started to uh, listen to that episode. It's kind of cool. 33.6% um, of my uh, current listeners um, begun their uh, ET Speaks a journey uh, listening to the Skyrim Anniversary Edition content discussion. So that's a um, really interesting statistic. I'm um, glad to hear it. Um, apparently I've gone global. Let's see. So I've been streaming in four countries uh, this year with 90% um, coming from the United States, of course. That's where the majority of my fan base is. But I'm surprised 10% of my listeners um, come from uh, other countries, which is really exciting, kind of surprising, actually. I know before the rebrand, um, we, we did have a couple listeners in all kinds of countries, which is really cool. Um, let's see. Uh, top genres for my listeners were uh, comedy, TV and film, and sports. And I feel like that kind of makes sense. Um, we kind of do cultural um, or modern, you know, relevant um, stuff here on the show. I know we're doing sports now. But sports is really only excuse to make episodes because there's something always happening. Um, I can start to incorporate more things into the shows as we go along. I feel like that would be nice. Um, um, top music genres for my listeners are pop, rap, and rock. So fairly diverse, actually. Um, that covers a lot of the modern stuff. Um, so the next statistic is all about where my show was shared. Um, it's kind of funny because I actually share my show, my show, my the show myself on social media. So you already see that. So that kind of um, shows. I don't know. I feel like it shows that the, the, this is mostly me uh, doing the sharing um, because the everything split pretty evenly. It says twenty nine percent of the shows are um, shared on Snapchat, twenty seven percent on Instagram. Uh, or of total shares, 27% are direct link shares. Um, that's on threads, they're direct link shares. On uh, 14% on X, formerly Twitter, that's you know a direct, and then 3% on other. That's probably like, um, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what other, how other ways you could share it. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. What else does it say? Um, my most shared episode was um, the episode Picking Game Winners at 78.5% accuracy. I think I'm actually still at 78.5. Um, I said it earlier in the show, but I'm going to pull it back up just to see. Yes, we're still at 78.5 uh, since the since recording that episode, which is just kind of funny how we're back there at the same percentage. And then podcast is rated five stars, um, which is really cool. Uh, thank you, everybody who's rated the show. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I like it that uh, 
people tend to listen to it. So, um, so it looks like I saw a growth of 64% more listeners this year than in previous years, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, that could be uh, unique listeners and not streams. Yeah, it's not total streams. Uh, it shows a 10% increase in streams this year, and that might be just because I've done a lot more episodes this year. So over the course of that, um, it increases 4% more uh, following this year, which it's a little bit low, but I'm okay with it. You know, I'm I'm gonna be optimistic here. Take what I can get, and of course, a giant increase in the amount of episodes and stuff we're doing. So in terms of minutes uploaded to the show to, from me, an increase of 596 percent more content this year than in previous years makes sense. Um, you know, this is a this is a good year for content. We're trying to rebuild the show um, to a weekly show. Yes, I will give a shout out to my biggest fans. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm the top 10 uh, podcast for 13 fans. Uh, that's really cool. Um, I'm the top 5 for 10 of them. And... All right, number 1 podcast for 4 individuals. Wow, that's really, really cool. 75%. Um, have joined the show for the first time this year. That is awesome. Um, I feel like that's, I feel like that stuff is it's a, it's a testament. It's a benchmark. You know, um, it's really cool. It's really cool to test. It's really cool to have um, a small but growing fan base, and that's what I want. You know, I wanna, I wanna bring people in, and I wanna do more content and more diverse content that would definitely um, really help the show. I think overall. Yeah, so that was the um, Spotify wrapped run through. Um, it's exciting to see those statistics. I'm happy for it. Um, you know, this brand, um, it's something I've worked really hard on and something I want to keep building and keep making better. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about more where we are at uh, statistically in the end of the show. We're going to talk about uh, the goals I need to make and the places I need to go um, in order to make the show profitable. But until then, you know, I'm just really happy to have uh, people listening in every week um, to, to get the take, um, even if it's just for the picks, you know, just um, here's the take. Um, you know, I really appreciate that. And I really like that. Um, I'm able to um, create this content for everybody. Let's go ahead and uh, head into the outro. Um, it's been a good, healthily long episode uh, this week. Alrighty, thanks so much everybody for listening to this week's episode of the ET Speaks podcast. Next week on the show is Lions versus Saints. The review there, the Lions versus Bears prediction, and of course the Call of Duty League season begins later next weekend. So we're going to be talking about my expectations for the team. Maybe we'll do a roster poll of who's on the rosters now. I don't know what's going to happen next week, honestly, for the for the episode, but. Um, it's a big deal. Call of Duty is back. Um, we won't be picking them like we are picking the football games, the winnings, um, because honestly, it's way too hard to tell who's going to win what <laughs> in Call of Duty, but it's going to be fun nonetheless. Um, that said, um, right now we are at 10 of 1,000 listeners within the last 60 days. These are unique individual people that we need, so we need to increase these numbers um the best way to do that is to share um 
with your friends, with your family, on the social media, any way you can um, to help spread the word, get other people to listen to the show. Um, and we'll slowly build this up. I think the max we got it to was like 16. So I'm trying to bring it back. Um, I know that recently we've had some trouble um, with episode consistency. Um, there is one way to help that before we get to that 1,000. That's to become a supporter. You can support the show with a small a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash et dash speaks slash support. You then can pick from there um, to donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month to the show to help sustain future episodes. Uh, the internet's trying to break on me, but if you head on over, you can follow the show on Instagram at uh, instagram.com slash et.speaks.podcast additionally you can follow the show on x on my personal twitter called um evan thomas 27 and then you can follow me on threads at evan.thomas.27 and of course you get all the updates and everything on threads for um what's happening and then on twitter you get the um just the headlines that i uh, post all the time so that is that thank you so much for listening Um, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Go ahead and share the show wherever you can so we can pump those numbers up and continue to make something happen. Um, Let's see. You know, let's let's try. I don't know if we can, but let's try and get monetized by this time and next year. That would be out of this world fantastic. And maybe some of that has to do with the content variety. (laughs) Maybe we upgrade that content variety and things will be just fine. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.